You are listening to 106.9 Tune FM. This is Anthology. Apologies for the late start. We're having a uh, couple of nice little technical bugs going on, which are uh, causing us a few nightmares, including the fact that I don't have the news on my screen at the moment. So I will just welcome our guest, first of all. Uh, James is Hello. on the show. I did the intro. Yes, he did the intro. Uh, as you may remember last week, we fired Ben. We did. He's fired. That's it. He's yep. done. He is fired. And uh, James is joining us. He's got a movie review for tonight, and he's going to be our uh, main guest on the show this afternoon, uh, which hopefully we will not have any more technical gremlins to uh, bother us. Um, James, how have you been how have you been doing? Pretty good. Yeah, filling in time. Been doing some stuff with favorite shorts. Um, yeah, I'm just having some, just filling in time until uni starts again. That's excellent. That's good to hear. And uh, what have you got for us tonight in terms of a movie review? Just a little bit of a preview. In terms of a movie review, I am sort of cheating a little bit because Ooh. I will be reviewing Klaus, which I remember oh. mentioning last week when we were going through the Oscars. But I'm also going to be reviewing um, Bad Boys for Life, which is in cinemas at the moment. Oh, we get it. We get a double up special treat for all you people tonight. Um, I'm going to be reviewing Doolittle. Yep. <laughs> oh my. And uh, other things that we've got going on tonight, we uh, heard a little bit earlier on in the on the weekend from Magic Jake, uh, who is performing at the Armadale Bowling Club. Uh, on Friday night. Is there any relation between you and Magic, Jake? Um, I, I did do a little bit of background check, and <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> there is not. But he's an unrelated. Jake. He is an unrelated Jake, but uh, he's he's he was quite interesting to talk to, and he's going to be performing at the Armadale Bowling Club on Friday night. Unfortunately, it's all booked out. Um, but what is wonderful, uh, well, I guess you'll hear in the interview, is what exactly. Um, the proceeds of that are going towards. We're going to be talking about the art of performing a monologue, and we're going to be hearing from a UNE alumni as well, which was something that we tried to get off the ground and just haven't been able to uh, get anybody um, on the air in a little while. So it's it's good that we'll have that back up and running again. But I do have my screen working again now. The uh, absolute avalanche of technical difficulties that just took place has finally come to an end. So... Um, we will get started on the news, the theatre news, because there is a lot of it and we're already well behind schedule. So I'm going to start off with Sydney because, as you have heard, the Sydney Festival is on right now, which means there's plenty of theatre and music and art and all that sort of stuff to, for you to enjoy. So we will start with the big stuff, the musicals. Um, Shrek the Musical is coming to the Lyric Theatre this week. Uh, it opens on Wednesday. Uh, and it stars Ben Mingate, Lucy Durack, and Marsha Hines. Uh, it's, of course, Shrek. Everyone loves it, uh, and it runs until the 9th of February, which is not a very particularly long season for a, um, for a, a musical, so don't miss out on Shrek the Musical at the Lyric Theatre. The Lyric Theatre is a great venue. Oh, it's, it's so lovely. That's where I saw Book of Mormon. It is where I saw Book of Mormon as well, and Muriel's Wedding. Um, I, the other musical I've seen in Sydney was Kinky Boots. So that was at the Capitol. But uh, speaking of the Capitol, good segue. Uh, School of Rock is on there in Sydney at the Capitol Theatre as well. It must close on the 1st of March. Um, so book your tickets for that one as well if you haven't seen it as well. The classic Andrew Lloyd Webber. Um, but getting into some of the uh, actual plays and um, some of the other stuff, particularly the stuff that's going on because of the... 
Sydney Festival. Uh, first of all, the Belvoir Street Theatre have every brilliant thing, uh, which opened on the 10th and it runs until this weekend. It closes this Sunday, the 26th, at the Upstairs Theatre in the Belvoir Street Theatre. And it's a monologue, uh, essentially, about a, a kid who writes a list about every brilliant thing in the world. Wow. Um, or tries to write a list about every every brilliant thing in Am the I world. Am I on that list, Jake? I, I would be very stunned if you weren't on that list. I, I hope would, I'm on that list. You'd better be on that list. It's, uh, it's hosted by, or it's a monologue performed by Steve Rogers. Uh, it was a hit last year and it is uh, coming back to the Belvoir Street Theatre by popular demand. Uh, for the Sydney Festival. So if you didn't catch it last year and you haven't caught it so far, this week is your last chance. Uh, More stuff going on in Sydney. Opening night is a movie. It's not the opening night of anything. It's a 1977 movie about an aging actress. It's on as part of the Sydney Festival until the 26th of January uh, at the Sydney Opera House. Uh, Actually, I am just going to completely apologise and backtrack on that because... Um, in my defense, the, um, the way that this has been done is a little bit, it's in red fine print right down the bottom of the website. Unfortunately, the Sydney festival season of opening night has been canceled due due to bushfire related health concerns, um, which is disappointing, but, um, understandable, but I do wish that they'd, well, I do wish that they'd put it somewhere on their website that was a little more visible because I've been here for a couple of hours planning this show and I didn't notice it until now. So um, apologies if you got really excited there and started trying to book tickets. Uh, We'll move on. Other stuff that is still going on as part of the Sydney Festival. We have Romeo and Juliet. Um, It's a a production. It's a modernization production, including things from Egg Boy to Greta Thunberg. Um, And it is being performed at multiple venues from what I can tell around uh, Old Government House and the... uh, Uh, in Parramatta Park. It is on as part of the Sydney Festival as well, and it uh, runs from this Saturday. A couple more things that I'll mention. Wesley Enoch's The Visitors is on at the Carriage Works. Uh, It has a very limited season of the 22nd to the 26th of January. Wesley Enoch is a wonderful, wonderful director, and uh, it is what he's putting on for the Sydney Festival. So that's on at the Carriage Works from the 22nd to the 26th. And one that just caught my eye a little bit is uh, Airplay, which is a... um, a little bit a little bit of an interesting kind of theatrical concept making use of different uh materials such as fabric and and balloons and that sort of thing with uh air jets and and it makes use of air and gravity and that sort of thing to tell a, a very family friendly kind of story it's on at the Rosalind Packer Theatre as part of the Sydney Festival as well all of that you can get through the Sydney Festival website portal they've got links to all of their uh, productions that are going on um but all of those they are kind of uh, separate venues as well so if any of them caught your um caught your interest check it out melbourne well melbourne has got a lot going on but it's all kind of like in the middle of its season so there's nothing really that stuck out but what i will mention is national theater's production of warhorse is on at the regent theater now i've seen photos um of their puppets i've seen warhorse Oh, oh, you are so, so lucky. Good. You are so lucky. The the puppets are just incredible. I would I would love to be able to see Warhorse. It is so good. This is a play not to be missed. Well, absolutely. I I would imagine it is. I I really wish I could. I'm currently in a 
situation where it's just not feasible for me at the moment. But National Theatre's War Horse is on at the Regent Theatre. I believe it runs into February. Um, so check that out if you're down at Melbourne Way. Um, we'll, we'll head back home to Armidale before we have a quick look around the, uh, the northern New South Wales region as well. We are on the countdown of 23 days until Spring Awakening. Uh, we're going to be fortunate en- enough to be joined by some of the fantastic crew from Little Fish in next week's episode of Anthology, but that's a story for next week. Um, but yes, it's getting very, very close. Spring Awakening, very exciting. Tickets are still on sale, of course. Uh, make sure you book them as early as possible because they probably will sell out. Uh, it's on if the last Armada. year's Chicago was anything to go by. Oh, yeah. If Chicago was anything to go by, they will probably sell out. So it's on at the Armadale Showground Pavilion um, from the 13th of February. So uh, And it runs for eight shows only. So book your tickets. You can get there via the Facebook page um, if you just search Spring Awakening or Little Fish Entertainment. Um, as we mentioned, um, Abracadabra is playing on the 24th of January. Unfortunately, it is already sold out. So if you haven't booked your place, unfortunately, it is too late. But we are talking to Magic Jake a little bit later in the show or hearing the interview that we had with him on the weekend. Um, It's playing to a sold out audience at the bowling club. So we wish all the best to Jake and everyone involved with that show, uh, which is for a wonderful cause, as we will hear later. And uh, Favourite Shorts coming soon from ADMS. They have cast all their roles, all the the plays are in rehearsal and uh, they will, you can check out adms.org.au for details about how you can get along to see that and what shows they have coming later in the year, which we will hopefully have uh, some of their wonderful people in the studio later as well to talk about that. Last bit of theatre news, which is this is what this segment has dragged on for a little bit because of the Sydney Festival with so much to mention there. We'll just have a quick look around the region. In Tamworth, there's an interesting thing going on. Midnight Murder Ballads, um, a a series of uh, storytelling uh, pieces weaving really spooky tales in a very special event at the Armand Inn Motel in Tamworth. Tickets are on sale. That is on the 22nd of January. That's tomorrow, and it runs until the 24th of January. So don't miss out. Tickets are still on sale. If you're down Coffs Harbour Way, there's an interesting thing going on called The Switch. It's a live mystery adventure that's running right throughout the Coffs Harbour CBD. I believe they're also taking this to other cities around the place as well. There's three dates for Coffs Harbour, so uh, get your tickets if you're keen and if an interactive kind of mystery adventure sounds like your kind of thing, it runs from the, it's on the 6th of February, the first session starting at 5pm and the last session starting at 9.30pm. So uh, get your tickets for that one. It sounds very interesting. And lastly, I will mention the HSC Music Showcase, Bravissimo, all of the, uh, the best of the best of HSC Music in uh, 2019 is being showcased at the Glasshouse Theatre in Port Macquarie. Uh, on the 12th of February from 12.15pm. Tickets are on sale for that too. Right. Now that I can catch my breath, James, I yes. think it's time we heard a song, don't you? I, I agree with that, yes. Yes. <laughs> let's uh, let's go to a song. This is a song from a musical that is coming to Australia this year called The Secret Garden. You might have heard of the book. Um, I love the book. The book was wonderful. And this is a song called A Girl in the Valley. So here's a sampler. Maybe even consider getting your tickets to the Secret Garden. You're listening to the antho- to the anthology on 106.9 Tude FM. Don't go anywhere.
was uh, The Girl in the Valley with a very speedy ending. That was from the musical uh, The Secret Garden. You may have heard of the book, and it's coming to Sydney, I believe, very soon. James, welcome back to Hello. Anthology. It had, the, the, I'm, I, I got caught off guard there. That had a very like smooth ending that ran straight into the next song. Um, I, I didn't even realize the song had ended. Yeah, I, yeah it, just, it just ended. Um, all right, well... We are going to hear from uh, an interview that we had on the weekend from a wonderful gentleman by the name of Jake. Uh, magic Different Jake. Jake. Magic Jake. The cool Jake. It's me, it's me but magic. Yes. And uh, yes, uh, Magic Jake is a magician, as you might have been able to tell by the name. And uh, he is performing at the Armadale Bowling Club this Friday night to a sold-out crowd, his show Abracadabra. And uh, let's hear what he had to say, and then we'll come back and talk a little bit more about that show. You're listening to 106.9 Tune FM. Here it is. You're listening to 106.9 Tune FM, and I have the pleasure of being joined by Magic Jake, who's going to be performing to what I'm sure is a very excited sold-out crowd at the Armadale Bowling Club this week. Thanks for joining us, Jake. No worries. Thanks for having me. No worries at all. So for a lot of people, I'm sure, you're sort of living the dream. How long have you been performing as a, as a magician? So I started performing magic at 12 years old, and I was mainly doing uh, busking and birthday parties and that sort of thing. So where did the dream come from? When did you start thinking that you wanted to do magic um, as a job, I guess? So I first got interested in magic when I saw a, a magician performing at my preschool, and that kind of like kicked off my passion. And then from there, I kind of ran home and, and used my brother's magic books that he got for his birthday. And yeah, just kind of went from there, went to the library, got more magic books and just kept learning and kept researching. 
That's fantastic. Well, we see a lot of kids learn magic tricks and then we see people like you who are performing. You've performed on Australia's Got Talent, on the Today Show and all over the country. How do you build a career from learning magic tricks to, to getting to the point where you are now? Um, I guess the main thing is probably persistence. Um, don't fear rejection, but also just get out there and perform as much as you can. And that's exactly what I've been trying to do. Well, that's fantastic. You've got a you've got a bit of a unique blend as well of comedy and magic in your shows. So, what goes into putting together a show from scratch for you? Um, so what I have to do is take magic tricks that were from thousands and thousands of years ago and kind of revamp them, make them fun and interesting. And that's when um, the comedy comes into it and the humor. I kind of make it more enjoyable, I guess, more than just here's a magic trick and I fool you. It's kind of entertaining along the way. That's fantastic. Love to hear that you're bringing in from uh, magic from thousands of years ago. Can you give us an example of that? What kind of um, research do you do historically? Um, so, yeah, the same tricks I've been using in magic now, the same tricks thousands of years ago. It's really, you can't really invent the, reinvent the wheel. Um, but an example of that would be in the kids' show, I pull a bunny rabbit out of a hat, which is a magic trick from thousands of years ago. But you don't see many magicians doing it anymore. My version's a little bit different. I won't give away the ending, but a lot of fun. That's fantastic. Now, speaking of this show, it isn't just your average sold-out crowd to see a comedian slash magician. Can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing with the proceeds from this show in Armadale? Yes, yeah, so all the money raised from the show actually goes to the Kids With Cancer charity, which is awesome. That's fantastic, and uh, it's, it's great to see you uh, doing what you love and for a fantastic cause as well. Yeah, well, it's all thanks to Armadale Bowls Club. They set it up, they take me out there, and it's going to be a heck of a lot of fun. That's great. What would you say to any of the younger audience who might be coming along to the show or might be listening right now who are just interested or maybe just started learning magic? Um, keep working at it. It's a lot of fun. I think magic is a really great thing for building your self-confidence and um, getting out there and kind of performing in front of people is a good way to um, kind of get your voice, I guess. Well, that's fantastic. One more question, and this is the most important question of all. If you could be any fictional wizard, who would you be? Any fictional wizard? Ooh, um, I'll go with the classic Harry Potter, I think. He's the chosen one. Oh, absolutely. you got to go with the chosen one. Well, thank you so much <laughs> for joining us, Jake, and um, all the best with your show, and uh, it's, it's great to see someone doing what they love for such a great cause, so all the best. No worries. It's been a pleasure. That uh, was Magic Jake, who's going to be performing at the Armadale Bowling Club this week. Uh, it is a sold-out crowd, so we can't really plug the show for you to get tickets, but uh, I'm sure that everyone who's got spots there are very excited. You're listening to 106.9 Tune FM. Don't go anywhere. You better not have gone anywhere. You must be, you must be very quick. I would have been very quick. However, I have a comment to make on the interview, Jake. What do you have to say, James? He chose Harry Potter. <sighs> Look, now, a lot of people like Harry Potter. Listen, Harry Potter <laughs> is all well and good. However, there are so many better wizards. <laughs> is this really the direction we're taking the discussion of this show? It absolutely is. There's Gandalf, uh, Saruman, uh, let me think, more wizards. I don't really see that many books. Um, you don't see that many books? I don't. I don't, I don't see dead trees, Jake. Um, <laughs> <laughs> They're invisible to you. They are. Um, that sounds like wizardry to me. It is. I was cursed by a wizard myself, and now I can only see a couple of books every year. Well, Jake should have been that fictional wizard. 
No, that's a terrible wizard. <laughs> <laughs> what a mean wizard. Anyway, uh, yes, we will talk a little bit about Magic Jake's show, even though, unfortunately, it's not much of a plug when the show's already sold out. I guess that's the... Um, the the absolute best success you could best outcome you could hope for though um so as you mentioned uh it was free to book their places but a gold coin donation from each audience members going to um kids with cancer which is a wonderful wonderful cause it's a 50 minute long show at the armadale bowling club there's going to be um, amazing magic routines and of course uh, jake has also got a bit of a comedic style going on there as well so it'll be a good comedy um laugh out loud comedy show Lots of audience participation. So if you are if you are one of those lucky people who have a, a spot booked for uh, Friday night, you're going to have... you give it to me? <laughs> <laughs> you're going to have a great time. You're going to really have a great time. And uh, also, everyone, every child receives a free balloon animal at the end of the show. Oh, that's pretty cool. So there you go. So that's going to be a wonderful show. It's great to see these kinds of things coming to Armadale. Um, it's always lovely when we get um, a touring show like that and uh, good on magic jake for doing it for such a wonderful cause as well so uh have fun everyone who's going along I'm, i was i was very fortunate to be joined by him yeah it's all right jake if you're not going to the show i'll do some magic tricks for you oh please do. i used to do a lot of magic tricks in my youth well i'm sure that a lot of them would be very entertaining on radio well i'm not offering to show our dear listeners these tricks these are just that's for a you, bit rude jake. of you it's a bit rude of you but, um, <laughs> all right, well. If they want to see it, they can come and talk to me and I'll do a magic trick for them. Well, you're listening to 106.9 Tune FM. I think we've cut that, that talk break a little bit short, but that's probably a good thing because I think that puts us back on schedule after our technical difficulties. So They, they were difficulties. They were very big difficulties. They were very scary difficulties. And it Should wasn't my Jake. fault. He was in a corner. He was shaking. He was terrified. It was I not my fault. I had to console fault. him. It was not my fault. I didn't That's what do he anything. keeps saying. Didn't do anything. It just broke. You're listening to 106.9 Tune FM. We're going to be right back to uh, talk about some movies right after this. This is 24 Karat Magic by Bruno Mars. Gangsters. 
sisters, bad bitches, and your ugly ass friends. I cannot preach. I cannot preach. I gotta show them how I pimp. Get it in first. Take your sip. Do your dip. Spend your money like money ain't shit. Ooh, we too fresh. Got to blame it on Jesus. Hashtag blessed. They ain't ready for me. I'm a dangerous man with some money in my pocket. Keep up. The pretty girls around me and they're waking up the rocket. Keep up. Why you mad? Fix your face. Ain't my fault they all be jacking. Keep up. Players only. Come on. Put your pinky rings up to the moon. For Carrot Magic by Bruno Mars here on 106.9 Tune FM. You're listening to Anthology Volume 10, and we're going to talk about some movies because Ben got fired, so now that's James's job. Hello. Yes. And actually, I think we've made a good decision there because James has twice the output, apparently. I do. I've got two movies to review, Jake. Ooh. Did you ever have two movies to review, Ben? I don't think so. <laughs> Get sassed. <laughs> So, I might let James start since he's got uh, two movies to review. We might start with one of his and then I'll chuck mine in the middle there. Make a a James sandwich. Yes. Yes. Um, (laughs) Yeah, we're going to start off with Bad Boys for Life, which is on uh, the Belgrave right now. Um, Honestly, I'd say the movie was fairly average overall. Um, It's all right if you're just looking for an action movie you don't really have to think about. The effects were nice. There was a bit of a twist... Um, in a couple of places, but it was easily predictable. Um, hmm. from, from the beginning of the movie, you get an idea of how it's going to go. And it goes exactly that way. The acting's okay. It's got Will Smith and a bunch of other people. Um, I forgot their names. <laughs> a bunch of other. That, yep. So it's not just Will Smith by his, himself then. E- exactly. It's not just Will Smith. Um <laughs> No, the acting was probably the standout. Um, yeah, that's um, that's about it. That's about it, really. <laughs> well, plain vanilla toast movie then. Yep, vanilla toast. Vanilla, vanilla and plain toast vanilla. It, different expressions. I mix them up. <laughs> <laughs> well then, um, I might get into. Ugh, ugh. Okay. 
I, I've, it's a stretch to call it a movie. Um, oh. I'm reviewing Doolittle, um, oh. which I had the misfortune of going to see today. Now, I know that you've heard a couple of bad reviews from me before um, on, on, this, on this show. We've done The Addams Family, we've done Charlie's Angels, and we've done uh, plenty like that. But just to stress how bad this movie was... I am going to break my rule. Oh? I never give a 0 out of 10, and I never give a 10 out of 10, because I don't like saying that there could be nothing possibly worse or nothing possibly better than this. This was a 0 out of 10. Oh. It barely qualifies as a movie, and there was no redeemable quality. I knew going in that it had really bad reviews and I was kind of hoping there'd be something redeemable. Like maybe Robert Downey Jr. was pretty good. No, he was very uninteresting and dull. And I, I thought, you know, it's got a pretty good ensemble cast. You know, Tom Holland, John Cena, um, plenty of other people in it as well. No, they were all pretty bad. Um, <laughs> generally across the board bad performances ranging from just dull to outwardly terrible um but my main complaints with it were particularly the script the dialogue was written like it was written by a six-year-old there was uh just from what i've heard saying it was written by a six-year-old might be kind that might be kind um some of the lines were just i i i hear them particularly because a lot of it's voice acting because a lot of the actors play animals um there were some times where i was like you know i i imagine this actor like tom holland or someone standing in front of a microphone and saying that line and thinking you know what must have been going through their head <laughs> what do you what are you thinking at that point when you're being asked to say that? Do you still possibly think this is going to be a good movie? But generally, the plot overall was just jumbled up as well to the point that it was completely incoherent. Um, just Things just happen. They just, they just happen. But there is no reason. There is no there's, – there's no logic to what's happening at the moment, there's no, is it is it a fantasy world? Is it the real world? And we're talking about England here. It never makes up its mind. Um, it it kind of just jumps around all over the place and stuff happens that mostly is either just to set up a pretty dry animal joke, like a pole, the, the, one of the characters is a polar bear who is, his problem is he's constantly cold. Which doesn't uh, doesn't it, make sense. It doesn't make sense at all. But it's it's all just these things that just happen just to justify either cheap gimmicks or just advance what tiny tatter of a plot actually exists. But um, yeah, so the performances were pretty lousy. The script was just awful. Um, I will mention a moment. Um, and I'm sure, given that I'm the way I'm panning it at the moment, you you probably won't mind if it's a, a little bit of a spoiler. But in the climactic, um, it, the climactic moment of this film, there's a dragon, um, which are real now. Let's just ignore the fact that nothing of any sort of fantasy note has happened up until this the very end of the film, when there is a dragon. Um, but the, uh, the the dragon is um, is is 
ends up, you know, in in this climactic battle, killing the the main antagonist, and and, and every there's a big battle going on, and Doctor Doolittle solves the problem by realizing that the dragon is angry not because it's a dragon, but because it has a major constipation, and the issue is resolved by removing, and I quote, and I'm not making this up. Several suits of armor and a set of bagpipes from the dragon's colon. I see. Which, that, that's not just a joke either. That is the resolving point of this movie. That's how the final dragon b- villain is defeated. That's how it happens. That's, that's, that's a real thing. Um, but look, just generally, this whole thing was just a, a jumbled mess that made no coherent sense from start to finish. I smiled once, and that was because there were some cute puppies on the screen for a split second. That's um, a good reason to smile. I, 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 I smiled. They were cute puppies. I will give them that. Um, generally, I will say the animation, um, I couldn't really fault it, the, the animation of the animals, but that... Good visuals doth not a good movie make. I will stand by that. I that that is a hill I'm willing to die on. You can have good visuals and it be a terrible movie, and this is definitely a case. It's it was it was a zero out of ten. It was incoherent. It was unfunny. All of the humor was either immature to the point of being too immature, not just a silly joke and completely dumb joke or just stale and overdone and lifeless. It was, this whole film was a collected bunch of cliches put into some sort of narrative order that didn't even really make much coherent sense. So if you were planning on seeing Doolittle or you're a fan of Dr. Doolittle, um, maybe- This might be one to miss. Yeah, maybe spare yourself because it's uh, it's, it's a mess. a bit all over the place so uh we might go to what i'm sure will be a more positive review from james so that uh, we we get a bit more of an upbeat mood about here okay so what i would say is i'm just going to go back and actually rate the first movie i reviewed which was bad boys for life because i realized i forgot to do that i'd give it a solid five and a half out of ten. Oh, it just passes just passes it's about average hmm. um okay so for klaus This is a movie everyone should watch, whether it's Christmas or not, and this is a Christmas movie. There were points in the movie where I was laughing, other points where I nearly cried. It's beautifully done. The voice acting is spectacular. The animation is unique, actually. I can't really think of anything with that style. It suits the story perfectly. Um, Almost the whole thing was almost in watercolor palette. Hmm. Um, which worked really well. Really nice story with a bittersweet ending. I'd give it a nine and a half out of ten, Jake. Wow, nine and a half. So we've had a we've had a real mix today. We've had a zero, a five and a half, and a nine and a half. Yeah. That's we've gone from one end of the spectrum to the other. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you're considering going to the cinemas, maybe consider staying at home and watching Klaus on Netflix instead. Yes. And if you've already seen it, you might want to chance Bad Boys for Life. Kind of average. Nothing special about it. Definitely don't see Doolittle. Don't, exactly. Don't put yourself through that. My, yeah. oh, my, oh, my. I, yeah. 
I, I will just say one last thing on Doolittle. I'd seen the reviews. I'd, I'm on Twitter. I'd seen... <laughs> I'd seen what was coming out about it, and I, I'd seen that it had like 19% on Rotten Tomatoes. And um, I went in and was still underwhelmed with oh. those expectations. It was still worse than I thought it was going to be. Oh, so, boy. Um, yes, I, this is actually a warning. I've, I've, like I said, we've done some bad movies, and I will stand by panning those movies, but this is actually a warning. Like, <laughs> don't watch Doolittle. It's actually horrible. It's really <laughs> bad. Really, really bad. I'd, I'd have to say it's from what I haven't seen Cats, but from what I've heard of Cats, this has to be in the same field, same playing field. Oh it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty poor. Very, very poor, in fact. Anyway, we'll go back to the music. Um, and we'll we'll come back and we're going to be talking about the art of performing a monologue because it's something you're going to have to do if you're a theatre student starting with us in a matter of weeks' time. Uh, and it's something that we definitely know Magic Jake can do because he's performing a show um, on Friday. And it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a very important skill to be able to have getting up in front of an audience all by yourself. So we're going to be talking a little bit about that. And uh, that'll be right after this song, which is, as usual for, for me... Right on topic. This is the animal song by Savage Garden. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to 106.9 Tune FM. To myself, 
and cannonballs are running through your head. Television freaks, your cops and robbers everywhere. Animals and children tell the truth, they never lie. Which one is more human? There's a thought, now you decide. Compassion in the jungle, compassion in your hands. The Animal Song by Savage Garden. You're listening to Anthology Season 2, Volume 10, here on 106.9 Tune FM. James, have you ever been on stage alone before? I have. Yes. What's it like? It can be quite intimidating. I enjoyed it immensely. Yeah, tell us a little bit about it. What were you doing? Okay, so there's um, a certain joy in being on a stage alone, delivering a monologue to an audience. It's... um thrilling because you are the only thing they're focusing on. If you are prone to stage fright, a monologue might not be for you. Uh, I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> probably just a good, probably a good bit of advice. Yeah. Um, but no, it's just a really fun experience. I, I don't really know how to word it other than that. What were you actually, what was your monologue for? This was a monologue back in the old days, before I moved to Armadale. Ooh. Um, as part of another play. So I was the only one on stage doing the monologue, but there was a play going on around. So so with a bit of context, yeah. Yeah. Well, monologues are particularly, they're a pretty interesting thing. There's, they're an art form in themselves. Obviously, we talked about um, Every Brilliant Thing, which is on at the Belvoir Theatre in Sydney as part of the Sydney Festival. Um, until the 26th of January. That's done by Steve Rogers. Um, a little while ago, we were talking about when we had the uh, Anth Awards, we were talking about um, Tamworth Dramatic Society's I Am My Own Wife, which is a monologue as well. Um, but as well as that, they're an important thing to be able to do for auditions. Um, sometimes you get monologues that are just uh, scenes within a play, as, as James has mentioned, or even just part of a scene where for a little while you, one character is the center of attention for an extended period of time. 
and it can be daunting. So we're going to talk a little bit about that uh, for our theatre students who might be coming along to Armadale, maybe particularly, especially the ones that might not have a whole lot of experience when it comes to things like auditions. So first things first, for uh, we've, I've got five tips, five tips here from uh, our wonderful people at Theatre Folk um, that uh, that I really agree with and that I certainly use. So the first tip is that if you do get an audition, that you get to pick the monologue. So it's not one that's prescribed for you. Choose one that you really like. Yeah. Choose one that you really like because it's it's a lot easier to really delve into it, really get a character, really get it, it out there and really have a lot of fun with with what you're doing. If you really like doing something comedic, do something comedic. If you think that your strength lies in being a bit more dramatic or or downbeat, then go with that. Pick something that you like. Pick a topic that you like. Pick a character that you like. Just take a monologue from a play that you like. Do something like that because it will really mean that you will be more eager to work on it and, and you'll be able to practice it um, more easily. Yeah. Yeah. Second tip, break it down. Because there... How long was your monologue, James? Uh, about seven minutes. Seven minutes. Now, if you write that down on... You had a script, I assume. I did, yeah. Yes. How many pages was that? About two pages, give or take. Two pages. Yeah, two pages. Two pages of text is a lot. If I gave you two pages out of a book or two pages out of your textbook or um, even just – even if it was two pages of script and said memorize that. It, it takes a while. It's daunting. It's, it's, it's a process. Break it down. Break it down into changes in thoughts or topics. That's called beats, for those who don't know. Break it down into the diff- the, the changes in mood or thought or topic in um, within the monologue. That makes it a whole lot easier because you're working on it moment by moment. It's much easier to memorize a specific moment than to um, be trying to take in a whole chunk of pages long text all at once. So do that for memorization purposes. Third tip, get your memorizing out of the way as early as you possibly can because that is, it's the bit that's the hardest work. It's that hard kind of work that you don't want to do, kind of like studying or writing an essay. It's the kind of thing that you just like, I don't want to do that. It's so uninteresting and heavy just having to absorb all of this and be able to remember it. It's a very hard thing to do. But it is really just the tip of the iceberg because you don't get in there to an audition or get up there on stage and just rattle off some lines that you've memorized. There's a whole lot more to it. So the best way to go about it when you've got a whole lot to memorize is memorize it early so that you've got a whole lot of time to just work on other stuff. Unfortunately, none of us ever do that because (laughs) that's just the way it goes. It is heavy work memorizing text. Fourth piece of advice, record yourself and then watch the recording, which sucks. Believe me, I work on radio. I know how much it sucks to hear your own voice or look at yourself acting. It sucks. I hate it. It's awful. Um, I think my voice is just about the most grating thing in the world. But make sure you record yourself and watch it back. You'll notice if there's things that don't look the way you think they do. 
it's you don't see your own face very often and being able to record that and see your own face and see the way that facial expression actually looks you might think it, it, it's not what i pictured it being or maybe it's oh i didn't even notice myself doing it there i need to go a lot further with that there's a lot of things like that that can just be slightly off about your monologue um, maybe you're speaking too quickly maybe you're speaking too softly maybe you're um Maybe, maybe your focus just looks a bit off. Maybe you have a ner nervous habit that you didn't realize you had. Um, it's really good to be able to record that. And it's great that we have technology to do that. Um, record yourself, watch it back. You don't have to show it to anybody else. Just look at it. And then you can be aware of those things that don't look the way you think they do or that make the monologue look a bit dodgy. Last thing uh, is... Focus on the character and block everything else out because in a monologue, the most important thing is having a three-dimensional character. Think about the character. What does your character want? What is this monologue actually about? Why Why is there... These playwrights don't write two pages worth of dialogue for no reason. What does this character want? What is this character expressing by taking the spotlight for such a long period of time. You've got a whole lot to work with. Read the rest of the play is another bonus bit of advice I'd give to you if, if your monologue is part of a play. Read the rest of the play. You need context. You know, there's, there's things that might not get mentioned in the monologue, but that are important to the kind of context of the monologue. What kind of emotions a character would be feeling in delivering that monologue. And that's an important thing to have. So, um... Make sure you really think about your character. Keep your, the good, their goals and desires in your head at all times. Really, the more you build your character, even if it's just down to things like what star sign are they? What if, if you've got a really, really complex idea of who your character is and what they're doing and what they're saying and where and who they are and what they're doing in this particular moment, then you're going to be more convincing. You'll be able to get yourself into that headspace rather than just being, you know, me being Jake pretending to be somebody else. I can get myself into a headspace of somebody else with as much complexity and personality as I have. A little bit of bonus advice. Uh, performance nerves are a big thing when it comes to monologues because there's nobody else to kind of play off. If, you, if you're not feeling the energy... Um, quite often in a play where you do have other actors on stage, you can really play off their energy. Or if you're really worried, there's other people there to distract the audience. You kind of feel like it's the, the, the audience's attention is, is spread evenly. But when you're obviously that's, that's not something that can really happen with a monologue. The attention is on you at all times and you don't have anyone else to play off. But there's, there's a couple of tricks that this uh, this wonderful uh, resource has. Take a slip of paper and for two minutes, write down everything that you're worried about. And after the two minutes are up, you crumple up the paper or you rip it up and you throw it in the garbage. Just symbolically get the worries out of your head and away from you. If you're worried about the performance itself, there's a nice visualization technique. I've actually used this one before. Imagine yourself performing your monologue and it goes really well. You're really confident. You walk on stage calmly. You perform it with really clear diction. Everything works out well. Strong characterization. Your, your movements are great. 
imagine the audience or the the um, directors who are there at the audition. They're so stunned, they give you a standing ovation. Then you take the feeling that you get from that, from the absolute best possible thing that could happen, the best possible outcome of this particular monologue, monologue the, the absolute best you could have done. You take that feeling that you get from that and you you should be able to hold on to that feel it'll make you feel more calm more cool more confident and you just go on with that and obviously nothing's ever perfect you're not going to go out there and do that and get that standing ovation or very rarely are you but taking that feeling in make sure make sure that you go in with the confidence that you do have the ability to and that's what's important because confidence is very noticeable in actors so if you haven't really been that's that's another a piece of advice for someone who perhaps hasn't been on stage very much and they're coming up here to Armadale to study theatre or whatever and you, you haven't really done it before. Confidence is very noticeable in actors and it's something that's very important to work on because, and it, I know it's daunting, it's a, it's a daunting thought that people are going to notice if you're nervous and they do, they don't judge you for it, but the most important thing is to be confident in your own ability, but coachable at the same time. So don't go out there with, I think I kind of know what I'm doing. I think I've kind of got this, I've kind of got that. You go out there with absolute confidence that you know the character, because you should, because you should have done the preparation. You go out there that you know what you're doing, that this is all gonna go fine, this is all gonna be very natural. And that, that will, that will get you a bonus 10% every single time. If you perform 80% well, having that confidence will make it look like a 90. It's that It's that good. It's that level of confidence is excellent. James has had to duck outside because of a phone call. So I'm going to go to a song and we'll come back and we'll talk a little bit longer in the next talk break because, uh, you know, we... We're busy people. We have other lives too. You're listening to 106.9 Tune FM. This is Anthology. Don't go anywhere. Right after this, we're going to be talking with a UNE alumni uh, who has just left Armadale, actually. And uh, we're going to be hearing about what his plans are, having finished his theatre degree here at UNE. And uh, we'll be talking a little bit more with James and having a bit of fun and probably playing some improv games before the end of the night. So don't go anywhere. This is Anthology, and this is Stone Free by Jimi Hendrix. Thank you. 
You're listening to 106.9 Tune FM's Anthology, and that was Stone Free by Jimi Hendrix. James is back with us. I am. He's alive. I am not dead. That's good to know. Well, we were about to hear, I was fortunate enough to be joined for another interview by um, one of our wonderful former UNE theatre students uh, who has just graduated and is now off into the big bad world. So um, we'll be right back with you after you hear this wonderful interview that took place on the weekend. You're listening to 106.9 Tune FM, where I'm lucky enough to be joined by Tyrone, a former UNE theatre student uh, who's just moved off into the big wide world. How are you, Tyrone? I'm pretty great. How are you? I'm really well, thanks. So tell us a little bit about uh, the move. Where are you off to in, in your life at the moment? I've just completed a move to Melbourne like three days ago. <laughs> oh, so it's nice and fresh. Um, so you were a theatre student here at UNE. Can you tell us a little bit about your time and your experience here? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, so it's a three-year degree, but I ended up doing it over four years because I spent the last year directing a play in my spare time with the theatre society there. Uh, I ended up developing a bit of a passion for directing through that as they've got the directing classes there, and so I wanted to direct a full-length play. Uh and ended up being the president of the Theatre Society by the end of it. Pretty impressive. Can you tell us a little bit more about that play? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, so it's called Some Explicit Polaroids by Mark Ravenhill. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, basically just about uh, a man who gets out of prison after... Uh, 15 years for 
attempted murder and is just basically trying to readapt to the world. Pretty interesting sounding. And uh, what's your plans now? You've you've gone off. You've moved past UNE. Is is theatre still going to be a big part of your life now? Uh, definitely. Um, yeah, I've put in a proposal with La Mama Theatre down here with a couple of friends, and we're just waiting on approval to see if we can direct that. I'm also putting together a little play proposal for myself to send off once I've finalised that. So hopefully something gets approved. Well, that's pretty exciting. Um, have you got any advice for the first years who are about to start in a matter of weeks now for their first year here at UNE? How do you, how do you survive a UNE theatre degree? Uh, that's a good question. I would say just getting involved in all the theatre that you can. Don't go watch all the shows, even if it's not your thing. Uh, get involved in the theatre society. Get involved with what they're doing now. Uh, and hang out with, like, make some theatre friends. They've got some like-minded individuals around you all the time. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Tyrone, and all the best down there in Melbourne. Uh, thanks so much. Thanks for uh, the call. No worries at all. That was Tyrone, a former theatre student here at UNE. We're going to go back to the music now. You're listening to 106.9 no, 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 Tune no, FM. No, we're not. Yes, you are, but no, we're not. Um, Back to the music. No, no music. <laughs> but I like music. You don't get any music yet. Fine. Hey, I know that guy, though. I know that Tyrone guy. So do I. Pretty cool guy. Has a beard. Does he? Oh, kind of. He sometimes has a beard. Yeah. Not as of. impressive as your beard. Oh, look, that's that's a high bar to set. That's, that's a really high bar to set. You can't just... You can't hold everybody's beards to that standard. Yes, I can. You shouldn't. It's pretty rude. I'm a very rude person, Jake. Yes, I've noticed. <laughs> well, James, we're going to be playing some improv games very shortly. Yes. But before that, I wanted to ask you a very important question. Now, a lot of people listening might be very confused about who you are because either they don't listen to the weekly review. Or they do and they don't know why I'm here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, either they either they don't listen to the weekly review and have no idea who you are, or they do listen to the weekly review and they have no idea why you're here. So tell us about your history in theatre. My history in theatre. I've done a lot of stuff. Um, so I started doing theatre back when I was 16. That mm -hmm. was, what, six years ago now? That's scary. Getting close to seven. Wow. Um, so yeah, I started off with a production of Susical, where I was a stagehand. And then after that, I've been in shows pretty much every year since. Been in Susical twice. Um, I've done some stuff with ADMS. Haven't done anything with Friends of Theatre Society. Um, Boo. I don't know. I just keep missing the audition calls. I don't know about them until after they've happened. Well, you better be prepared for the next audition call. Well, if someone tells me when they are, I'll uh, definitely... I'll make sure I tell you. Okay, yes. That's good. <laughs> But um, what, what are you involved in at the moment? Because I believe you're in something with ADMS. In the, at the moment, I'm directing with ADMS, um, directing with Favourite Shorts. Yes. That, that's with ADMS. Um, I'm directing an original play. Ooh. It's um, pretty exciting. Not many people get to do that. I know. It's a lot of fun. Um, I've got a pretty good cast, and I'm looking forward to seeing how it turns out. 
Favorite Shorts is always wonderful as well. That's another show that we gonna we should give a little bit of a plug to. Uh, it's coming up in March. Uh, essentially what it is, is a bunch of local writers have written some scripts, a bunch of local directors have picked them up, and a bunch of local actors are going to star in them. Yeah. Um, they're all short, they're all uh, 15 minutes or less, I believe, is the criteria? I think mine's 20. 20 minutes or less. <laughs> 20 minutes or less. Short plays, um, and there's a, there's a series of them over the course of a couple of, uh, couple of nights, I believe, two, two weeks, um, four nights. There are four nights total, two weeks, um, two weeks of different shows. Yeah, so, so two separate weeks of shows with two shows each. Yes. Um, that it, it's it's always a great night. It's pretty casual. Um, it's just good, fun, original theatre, written by locals, directed by locals, acted in by locals. So it's good to support um, that level of creativity. And yeah. James, you. Uh, your level of creativity is astounding. Are you acting in any as well? I'm acting in three. So Show off. I'm acting in <laughs> one called Harriet, which is about a woman with dementia. I am her grandson. Um, I've been told that I'm playing the devil in another play. Oh. And So no change then? No change. It's I not, was typecast. It's not really acting. <laughs> <laughs> You'll just be getting up there and being yourself. Exactly. Um and then there's another one, which I'm currently trying to remember. Oh, that's not a good sign. No, I've remembered um, because we haven't had or haven't had rehearsals for most of them yet. So ah, yes, of course. One of them, I have to try and do a Birmingham accent. Ah, difficult. It's going to be an experience. Hmm. Uh, England has so many different accents; it's hard to keep up. It does, and Birmingham has such a particular accent as well. It's a bit, it is. bit like that. I need more practice, man. I haven't done Birmingham before. You could um, a, a little, little bit of advice. Um, there's a football team in the Premier League called Aston Villa. They're based in Birmingham. So if you look at their fan TV channel on YouTube and look for where they interview their fans after the game, you'll get a lot of really stereotypical broad Birmingham accents. <laughs> well, my uh, plan involved watching a lot of Red Dwarf. That's probably just as good a plan. Um, hopefully pick up that pretty quickly because that's that's impressive to be able to do particularly particularly a Birmingham accent. It's a really strange one. It's a bit like Irish if you're not pronouncing your R's properly. Well, it's a bit weird. Uh, with English accents, there's the ones that everybody that ev- has ever tried to do an accent yeah. picks up, like so Cockney, Cockney or Posh. Yeah. Uh, there's Posh. There's whatever the hell I'm doing. Um, yeah, whatever your whatever's going on with your voice. I am Australian. I assure you. <laughs> I assure you, I am Australian. Yes. Yes, I believe you. I'm glad. Um, I don't have my birth certificate with me, and I'm not showing it to you. Um. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like someone who isn't something someone who's not Australian would say. That's someone who's concerned about privacy would say. What are Fair. you laughing at? <laughs> I think it, I think it's all the sham. A sham. I think it's all a sham. He's, he's a spy. He's a spy. Why would um, Britain spy upon her own colonies? Just keep the convicts in order. It's not hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially when you've got spies over here. Just making sure. Well, thank you for sharing some of your 
wonderful theatre past with us, James. You're very welcome. We're going to go to a song. This is another song from a uh, an upcoming musical that we are lucky enough to have here in Australia, from the musical Irene, which is a bit of an older one, but uh, it's it's coming. It's a musical comedy. This is the song Irene from Irene. So don't go anywhere. Right after this, we're going to be playing some fun little improv games, and maybe you can join in with some of them at home. Yeah. You're listening to Anthology on 106.9 Tune FM. I hope you're enjoying the show, and uh, yeah, this is Irene. Irene, a little bit of salt and sweetness. Irene, a dainty slip of rare completeness. Mannerism, magnetism, eyes of youth inviting. Dancing by with glancing eye, the flush of her. Exciting. Siren, the sort who captures hearts to charm them. Careful, beware. Now she's here, now she's there, followed by her set. Up she goes, down she goes, everybody's pet. Near or far, there you are, captured in the net. Oh. Tippity witch, Irene O'Dell.
that was the song Irene from the musical Irene, uh, which is playing at the Irene Theatre in Irene, Irenia. No, it's it's not. None of those things were true. It is Irene from the musical Irene, though. Uh, we gotta we gotta we gotta play some improv games. Um, me and James. You may be asking how it's possible to play an improv game with only two people. Well, you just need a bit of creativity. Get it about you. First one we gotta play is called Questions Only. So we I like this one. We have to answer. We have to go as long as we can. Uh, having a conversation, answering each other only with questions. Yes. So um, each, everything we say has to be a question. Okay. So James, why don't you start? Why don't you? Why do you have to ruin my show like this? Why do you assume that it wasn't ruined before I got here? Why weren't you listening to find out for yourself? Are you aware? That I have a life, Jake. <laughs> Are you implying that I don't? Would you be mad if that's what I was implying? Would you be mad if I was mad? Would you be able to stop repeating my questions back at me? Why does it anger you so much that I'm repeating your questions back at you? Why don't you ask your mum? <laughs> and that's how to win that game, apparently. Um, there you go. Bit of advice. If you ever play that game, that's how you win. I like that one. <laughs> well, the second variation on that is called the alphabet game. It's a little bit harder. I'm less good at this one. You have to uh, keep going, and each uh, each sentence has to begin with the next letter of the alphabet. I barely know the alphabet, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to start. Oh. And you should respond. But I really don't want to. Can you stop undermining my improv games? Don't go there. <laughs> Every time I try to do improv games, you ruin them. Showing a little bit of restraint. <laughs> Falling behind here, aren't I? <laughs> good golly, you aren't very good at this game. Hopefully I'll improve at some point. I doubt it. James... James is very angry right now. <laughs> Kentucky Fried Chicken is what James needs. I... <laughs> is this that you don't know what the next letter in the alphabet is? L is the first letter. Next letter of the alphabet. L is not the first letter of the alphabet. The next. I said the next. Yeah, well, I'm deaf. Wait! <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. So that one went down the drain pretty quickly as well. Well, James, why don't you tell us where you, what else you do here on 106.9 Tune FM? Um, here on Tune FM, I do a lot of stuff. Um, I run the weekly review with Kim. Wow. That's... That's interesting. Tell us more about that. Um, it's a weekly chart show. Every Friday night from 6 p.m., Kim and I play the top 30 songs every week. 
Occasionally, Nick Troon joins us. Oh, well, theatre people know who he is. Yes. Um, I've been told it's a very popular show. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> now, listen, Jake, I should tell you, I'm not on the most popular show on Tune FM. You yes. won't know if I'm talking about this one or the one I'm on normally. <laughs> stole my joke from the weekly review last week, but okay. I did. Yes, you stole my joke. Um, well, how, how do you know if it's a good joke if no one steals it, though? Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Flat just whatever it the the thing about the thing about imitation being the best form of flattery. That's it. Yes. All right. Um, well, it's been a slightly shortened show today because of multiple technical difficulties, and I do apologize for those. And the fact I forgot what the alphabet was. <laughs> yes, that as well. Um, unfortunately, I did have several things that I wanted to do as well that have all been cut short by not just the technical difficulties that we had at the start, but apparently now my uh, Google Docs is not working and everything's kind of falling to pieces sometimes that happens that's that's it's pure show- coincidence that i'm here at the same time it's showbiz. i'm not here to sabotage the show well you're gonna be here every week for a little while so Plenty let's of hope not i might have to fire you as well oh you wouldn't but um <laughs> just to make up for a little a little bit we'll give you a preview of next week's show when i'm going to be fortunate enough to be joined by some of the wonderful people from little fish entertainment who are counting down the days to their production of spring awakening which starts on the 13th of february at the armadale showground pavilion get your tickets before they run out because i guarantee they will um so don't leave it to the last minute you're going to want to book your tickets now you can do so by going to the little fish entertainment facebook page or the spring awakening event page on facebook and clicking on the link there you'll find that on facebook by searching either little fish or spring awakening um so we're going to be fortunate enough to be joined by them uh we're going to have a good show full of talking about what Spring Awakening is, what Little Fish is, and what they're doing, what they've done in the past, and uh, why you should come along and see the show, plus all the usual stuff, um, including theatre news uh, from elsewhere. We'll be uh, talking about movies as per usual. James, do you have any idea what you're going to be reviewing next week? Next week? I'm not sure yet. Mm. I'll uh, look up the website now. I've got uh, one that I wasn't expecting. I was originally going to go to Go, which is the Australian one that's in Belgrave Cinema at the moment. But I had a change of plans uh, because I am going away for the long weekend. So I won't be going to the cinemas until... There's a long weekend. There is a long weekend uh, for Australia Day. I am going away because I'm not working. So I figured I needed a a break. Um, I was going to go see Go. Um, which is the Australian one about the go-karting. The, the, the go-karty kid is what they're calling it. Um, but instead, I'm going to see Like a Boss, which is a comedy starring Rose Byrne, Salma Hayek, Tiffany Haddish, and uh, it's on in cinemas at the moment. Um, so I'm going to see that instead. It gets a little bit tricky when you've seen like most two-thirds of the movies that are currently in Belgrave. I might go see My Spy. Hmm. I haven't seen that one, so you'll be you'll be going in blind there, my friend. Yep. Be good. Uh, so next week, my spy and like a boss here on one hundred six point nine FM. Plus, we'll probably do some uh, 
improv games or maybe even a, a live script reading with the wonderful people from Li- from Little Fish as well just to see out the night. So once again, my sincere apologies that today's show was cut a little bit shorter than usual. Um, I guess that's what happens when you rely on technology. Um, and we are going to finish it there. Thank you for joining me, James. You're very welcome. I'll see you next week. <laughs>